we're live. Coachability Podcast with Coach Neil. Coach Kel, where we're about to get a little bit smarter, a little bit stronger, and a little bit richer today. Let's get it. All right, you guys, joining us on the podcast today, we have Ro Flores and Ashley McHugh. It is quite the honor. Ro is a very experienced coach, starting in martial arts and then transitioning into strength and conditioning. And then Ashley is a physical therapist. So not to mention, they're also a power couple. So it's going to be fun to hear the dynamic between personal training, physical therapy, and we'll see if we can stir up any relationship drama too. But anyway, we're really excited to have them on the podcast today. Let's dive in. Rowan Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. Yeah. Uh, hey, most important question first, question of the day, if you will. Mm-hmm. Hot button topic between Kel and I. Mm. How do you guys make your peanut butter and jellies? Walk me through the process. We know peanut butter's involved, we know bread's involved, we know jelly's involved. Give me the order of operations. As much peanut butter as possible. Yes. More yes, sp- Ashley. Yes. No, no, no. I have, I have a process. I have a process. Uh-huh. <laughs> so take the peanut butter, take the jelly, open that up, toast the bread, right? Oh, oh toast? Another toaster? Yeah, another. Yeah, definitely. Shout to, out to Josh. No, toast. Right. Can't you picture him like he throws the bread in? Toast, then unscrews each jar. You don't want to waste. That's exactly time. what I do. <laughs> he goes into the, exactly cu- the cupboard, right. grabs the knife, yeah. makes sure it's clear. So, take the bread out. Peanut butter, peanut butter. Hey, oh, peanut butter, peanut butter. Wait. Yes, oh. yes. No. I yes. told you they were out there. Yes, no, it's not bro. just me. I'm not. I'm not done. Okay. Oh, jelly, jelly. Oh, you son oh. of a bitch. You jelly jelly. And then more peanut butter. That's how <laughs> no, I roll. No, you don't yes, put I three do. I do. times I do. the peanut butter than yes. a normal person. I do, man. Oh, my god. I do. That's my jam. Holy smokes. It's oh. got to it, And it's toasted. It's getting a little adventurous. Oh, yeah, that's my jam. How much, of that, how much of that peanut butter slips onto your, uh, let's say, shirt and or pants? It, it doesn't. Is it bare chested? No, 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 it doesn't. Nowhere. Our dogs catch it first. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm feeling really dangerous, I throw in some bananas. Oh. Yeah. Just like Elvis. I like this. Yeah. Hey, what kind of, what kind of jam? Or a jelly? Oh man, I'm gonna have to say strawberry. Strawberry? Yeah, that's classic. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Strawberry. So Ashley, you are also a double peanut butter. A double peanut butter. Oh yeah, my I mean, gosh! As much peanut butter as what possible. a day! Oh wow! What a day! You rigged this. No, look. All right, so that was two for you, two for me. Maybe we should call it here. Maybe I'm gonna do some research and find one more person to win the rubber. We're match. going into game five. Wow, well, that was big. that was the attraction. The double that's peanut butter. That's how you got it. The, right? the double peanut butter. See, I told you. Oh. All right. Well, good to know people out there. Like exist. in the peanut butter aisle at the grocery store, he's like, "Well, you double sided, don't you?" <laughs> I said, "You're a double sided." <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought Kel was making this whole thing up, but good to know that crazy people like you exist. Oh yeah, good. we Definitely need you guys thing. to keep the balance sane. Like, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. We could probably just wrap the podcast now. I mean, that was a huge win. <laughs> All right, hey, let's get to know these guys. Let's go, let's go. Ro, I'd like to ask you some questions first. Uh, you, you, to my knowledge, are the most experienced coach we've had you on this podcast. Give us some background on why you got into the fitness industry. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm going to go really quick on it, but I've been actually working in gyms probably since 1999, all right? But I didn't start off in fitness. I started off in sales. So I was working in sales and just worked with a lot of good trainers even though I wasn't a trainer I had coaches already kind of putting me through some workouts things like that um, anyway fast forward it's 2007 um, I ended up working for a martial arts academy in Miami when I moved back to Miami um, 
I've been doing martial arts probably since I was a kid, on and off, um, more on than off, and I thought this would be a good fit. Um, so for about five years, I worked in this academy as a program director, marketing director, um, instructor, newsletter, doing events, um, writing new programs. It was your company, you're saying? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, kind of. Somebody owned it, but I was there definitely over 60 hours a week, for okay. sure. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because when I got hired, my starting salary was 800 bucks a month. Oh, God, no. And my rent was 850 So Hustler. This guy's going to make it work. Huge discrepancy in, in how much I was making to how much I was spending, right? And, and how much you're working. Good yeah, God. and how much I was working. So for me, it was about um, trying to get as busy as quickly as I could with getting new clients and getting new memberships in. So yeah. fast forward two years from when I got hired, okay, and my salary tripled. Hey. Yeah, because I just grinded it out, 60 hours a week at least. Mm -hmm. um, then about after five years, I wanted to transition to general fitness, um, working with nothing too specific, uh, working with general pop, working with the boomer population, working with kids, athletes, or really just a broader. I got a question on, on martial arts, because you were, you were training folks in martial arts. Correct, yeah. Right? Do you have to, is there like a standard certification one holds to teach martial arts, or do you have to like, just have X amount of experience, a belt, I don't know. So there's some organizations out there that your school can belong to. It depends on what type of arts you're associated, what type of arts you're, you're teaching. Uh -huh. Our primary focus was judo, right? And it was a multi-style system, so we incorporated striking with the judo and how you can transition into the strike to the throw. So for example, if somebody throw a punch, how you block, catch, and then initiate the throw. So we're, we're trying to marry the striking with the judo. So we were affiliated with Jiu-Jitsu of America and United States Judo Association, which are all pretty credible uh, organizations. Okay. Um, and the owner of that academy was an Italian champion. So he already had um, a good resume, right? So he was pretty well known in the judo community. Yeah, that'll get people through the door. Yeah, for sure. And um, so in terms of certifications, no, but if you're associated or affiliated with a credible organization, then yeah, you're pretty, you know. Yeah. Bro, if need be, could you kill, still kick some ass today? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Ashley's like, yeah, I've seen it. Yes. It's uh, it's wild. No, it no, wild. no. Don't try to steal no, Ashley's no, purse. No, 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 no. It's right. not. No, I've been out of practice for for yeah, quite right, some time, dude. so I definitely yeah. see this guy. Yeah, yeah no, too. don't let him fool you. <laughs> okay. No, no, I've been, I've been out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> So, He'll throw some moves down in the middle of the kitchen, and sometimes I don't even know if anything moved. It just, he moves so quickly and with so much like power and precision that it's just like, whoa. Hey, easy. Now you're going to get the ladies all heated oh, up sorry. on the podcast. Sorry. What? It was, <laughs> Settle you know, down, you, you all. Do, you, do, yeah, you, you do move very gracefully. That's one thing I could say when I watch you move in the gym. Well, that, the explosion Absolutely. hides the compensation. <laughs> so, if I do things fast, they won't see I did it completely wrong. Right. <laughs> they won't even see it coming. Yeah. So, so yeah. So going into general fitness, I ended up working for this gym, right? So here I am starting this career over, kind of. And I started working for this gym that was kind of an old school gym. Real quick, though, why did you want to switch? Like you've been doing the, the judo, the martial arts thing for a while. 
why go into fitness? Uh, broaden my broaden my audience, okay. broaden my palate, and okay. really just learn more than just what we were doing in martial arts. Because all the training that we did was specific to martial arts, and I just it, it would it was time for change. Okay, it was time, but I wanted to stay still training. Um, so I was working for this gym, old school, really old school. I mean, we're talking like neon lights, old school. Oh, nice. Yeah, open since like 1990. <laughs> yeah, the membership. Was about what, what city is this in? In Miami. Oh, this all makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was in Miami, and think about this: the membership was about twenty dollars a month. Hey. So you can kind of see the demographics we yeah. had, right? You know, there were some people in there that had money, a lot of retirees, but also it wasn't in a neighborhood that was really, really that good. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest neighborhood, right? So yeah. um, getting clients was, was tough. Getting personal training clients you know, was tough. You know, it's so funny. I, I've always thought this. When you work at a, a gym that charges less per month, less per session, it's harder to get clients because you're dealing with a uh, less affluent population. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I had to figure out what would be my niche in this gym. And we had silver sneakers as part of our program. So okay. we had a lot of elderly. And I go, okay, so we have a lot of elderly, retired people that just don't know what they're doing. I go, there's my market, right? So I started giving out free assessments to the elderly, where I would sit down and say, hey, listen, let me show you how to do this correctly. And I wanna say in about three months, I went from zero clients to 25. That's nice, yeah, that's, well, a, that's pretty quick. 25, yeah. yeah. And um, I remember the owner of that gym, he opened up a CrossFit box, but the owner of that gym decided he wanted to completely get rid of the personal training program in, in his gym um, because people just weren't, they, they weren't producing, they, they weren't signing clients because the person next to me, I wanna say had eight, maybe tops, and I had 25. So then the general manager at that time was like, well, Rose got 25 clients, um, you know, and he's yeah. like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have 25 clients. And he's like, no, look, look at his book. And he's like, he's got 25 clients. It's like, okay, well then we won't cancel the program. <laughs> oh, you kept it afloat. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was my niche was the, was the elderly until people started to notice like okay this this person. You know. So why that gym? Why did you get started there? It was closer to home. Okay. Yeah, it was closer to home, and I and I needed, you know, I wanted a, I needed a job right away. Yeah. Right. So I just figured, okay, this is closer to home. Um, it's within like a quarter quarter mile away from where I was living. Plus, he knew he could dominate. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think a lot of we'll say young trainers do this in the beginning, which it's not a bad idea to get in somewhere and get your feet wet, get some experience, but you could do a little research too and see, you know, what is the, the population around? Like what's the demographic that you're gonna get? Certainly. Um, how much does that gym charge for session, per session? Is this a place that I wanna work in and can be successful? Like just do a little bit of scouting beforehand because I feel like so many folks, it's usually younger people that are becoming trainers they're like, yeah, I just want a job. I just want someone to hire me. And Absolutely. they have really have no idea what to look for. 
absolutely and that and that was well we had an la fitness brand new la fitness and i knew i didn't want to work for la fitness and the reason for that is i didn't want to go corporate I didn't want to go into the corporate fitness world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it, so I wanted to stay away from it. I wanted to stay somewhere more um, family-based, family-oriented. Okay. Yeah, that's why I picked that job. Okay, there we go. So, and so anyway, here, here I am training people at this gym and just lost because it was small. There, was, there wasn't any space, and I'm getting these elderly people and these people that have day jobs or you know they have all these issues right that upper cross issues lack of stability and mobility and I'm going go and take a seat and shoulder press because that's yeah, yeah. all we had that's sure. all we had old school type training and was there anyone there to help you uh no because everybody was doing the same exact thing sure everybody was doing the same oh, exact God. thing uh. yeah Trying to add pounds of muscle to the elderly. Absolutely. Hey now. Yeah, it, it was it was it was it was kind of rough because I knew that this wasn't the way. Isn't it? It's funny. You you know that like in your core, like in your heart of hearts, you're like this, this isn't right. 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 But yeah. nobody else is showing you a different way to do it. Correct. And right. you're like, well, yeah. I also don't want to do it wrong. Right. Right. You're just following so, social right. norms. Yeah. Right. And then as a new trainer, you know, you you trial and error right you sure. you do what you're familiar you do what you do your workout and you implement it on these people because yeah. it's what you know why don't you tell them who and what gym got you out of that so I, I wanted to look for something completely different something a little bit more progressive something that I don't know I, I didn't know what I was looking for and I was just like there's just there's got to be something better and my cousin was a member of this gym boutique studio called primal fit 3200 square feet over in a city called miami shores very affluent neighborhood i'm like okay good market uh he goes you gotta come check this place out so i went there did a class and just fell in love with what they were doing um movement training um everything that basically focuses on push pulls hinge quads prehabs rehabs uh movement preps i mean mm-hmm bodyweight workout club bells mace clubs it was in sleds it was insane it was something that when was this this was yeah before yeah. any of that was popular yeah, yeah so this was like around 2012. primal fit huh? yeah shout out yeah primal fit in miami um, shores owned by um my mentor matt pack matt yeah. pack how do you spell that m-a-t-t-p-a-c-k yeah okay like it you would think <laughs> yeah, yeah matt pack yeah. okay yeah so all right we'll check you out matt yeah so i i sent him an email um, looked for his email, I sent him an email, and I s- sent him like a paragraph saying, hey, I, I want to try out your, your studio. I love what you do. I want to learn from you. Could I mentor under you? And he responded and says, sure, when can you come by? Went by, talked to him, nothing really panned out, and I didn't hear from him for like a month, oh. right? And finally, he sends me an email, says, hey, when can you come in? I said now like i'll come in right now as soon as i'm done with my client at the gym i'll come see you so i went there we talked and before he would hire me i had to do this first i had to mentor under him first before he would hire me three days a week was all i could commit okay because i had other clients and i was driving to places you gotta make a living right Uh absolutely so three days a week eight hours a day not to mention that we would spend an extra two hours in his office 
learning how to program properly. And I did that for four months unpaid. Wow. Yeah. The grit. Yeah. yeah. So four months unpaid. To, yeah. This how about Matt like just saying, okay, young buck, you want a shot? It's going to, like, this is what it's going to cost. This oh, is yeah. what you have to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's how he weeded out who was really going to be committed. Wow, what a stud. What yeah. Did, what did you learn in that process, in that four months unpaid? Um, it's probably like, what didn't you learn at this point? Yeah, oh, I would probably geez. say, yeah, what didn't I? I mean, he, the guy's a wealth of knowledge. Let's put it this way. After two years, I probably expanded my education tenfold. Mm. So it went from, like, that two years I was there, it's like 10 years of experience because he's been doing it a heck of a lot longer, at least 20 years. And um, so he would program all these workouts and explain exactly what the rationale is with this program. And then after we were done <clears throat> with all the classes, we would sit down in the office for like another two hours and just go over different types of programming. And then he would quiz me in a couple of things like why this, why here, why that, you know, why are we doing this movement? You know, this week we're doing, you know, Stability, so that's why we're doing unilateral single joints. This I it was just this guy. oh, this yeah. guy Matt is Matt was the one that kick started my fitness career. Sure, yeah, my success is because of this guy. Okay, two things I, I, I'm noticing a pattern, Neil. Like, I didn't, you guys listening, we didn't know about Matt and, and Rose's experience there, but again, in the fitness industry, because of the way it's set up, you have to get around good people. Mm -hmm. to educate yourself it's not in a book unfortunately no it's not no. and you just like great job to you seeking him out but I remember the first time I saw just movement prep that was purposeful mm -hmm. I was like oh whoa you're kidding you know like that was a huge thing right. that was big and so and he opened your eyes probably to like everything soft tissues swinging around a mace everything like, what? everything and ground based movements yeah. Yeah. I mean and well that led to his network of people you know and he learned I mean he learned from other great guys too you know I mean he learned from you know Paul Check, so that was one of his mentors um, and when it comes to business um, he's friends with Thomas Plummer so nice. great great guy to know yeah. you know when it comes to fitness business um, so he just opened my eyes to what fitness should be or where fitness is going because then my network expanded because of him mm -hmm. um became real close with mike fitch the guy who created animal flow and then got certified in my fashion release and trigger point or resistance stretching with kihara resistance um mashing down in miami and these guys are working with professional athletes so it, it just just expanded my knowledge. Good for you for uh, for doing it justice to see that you got a mentor of that capability and to sit down and check your ego at the door and go four months unpaid and just learn from that wealth of knowledge that it seems like Matt has. Like that's something that it's tough for a young trainer to do, especially yeah. when you're not making much money at the time. But you could see now looking back X numbers of, of years later that that was everything. That was the foundation yeah. upon which you built this great knowledge of training and this career in this field, which well, is awesome. I've always been the type of person that you can't you can't put a price on on education, right? You can't really put a price on it. If it's good education, you can't put a price on it. I'll sacrifice income to learn a new skill if the skill is valuable. Because in the future you'll reap the benefits. Yeah, you know, it's everyone it's like you get certified in this industry and so people automatically assume that then they can go teach fitness at a high level. Not really. It's like saying no. you got a business degree and all of a sudden you deserve to be on Wall Street trading some of the blue collar, um, blue chip stocks. 
Like it just doesn't work that way. No. You got to put in your time. Yeah, I think that's and that's the key. You got to put in the time. You know, your get the foundation from your certification, get the foundation from your degree. But at the end of the day, experience is where it's experience is what's going to take you. But you got to find the right people. Yeah, you got to find the right people. Yeah, fall in love with the journey. That was good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I think that's a great time. I kind of I want to pivot over to Ashley. Like, how'd you get your start in physical therapy? Um, I've always been an athlete. Grew up playing sports of all kinds. Um, it wasn't really until my junior, no, my sophomore year of high school where I had to study human movement. It was my own human movement when I tried out pole vaulting. Oh, and whoa. so hey. Right. How, yeah, how, how, what's your what's your max? Oh my gosh, we're not going to talk about that. I only did one year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was really fun. That doesn't yeah. like the diciest sport out there. It, it's, it's so thrilling. I it's not. It's, I would never be attracted to it. <laughs> it's just you just go up too high. <laughs> how, how, how do you learn it at first? You're running at full speed, and then you have to like yeah. tag this thing into a small piece of land. Yeah, right? no, it's you all miss, of, you're in trouble. It's all technique. It's all about your steps and how wide your steps are, how fast they are, where you make your first strike on, on your of your first stride, and then where you place the pole. How how at what time you drop the pole? I mean, it's really fascinating. It's a giant trust fall. Is what it is. Yeah. I'd be like, the stick's gonna break. It's gonna break. I know it as I'm yeah. running with it. It wow. seems like it would. It's thrilling. Good for you. I, I had trouble making layup sophomore year. Good for you yeah. to like. I doubt that. You are like seven, eight, what? I'm <laughs> like, up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm near the rim. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I just got really enthralled with human movement and having to study my own and then, you know, learning about biomechanics. And um, I think that kind of, no pun intended, pole vaulted me into physical oh, therapy. Nice. So good. Touche. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the rest is kind of history. My path diverted a little bit, um, as life should and sometimes does. I've learned a lot outside of going to grad school and then full circle coming, finally committing to grad school four years out of undergrad. Um, and here I am. You had a, a PE background too, right? Yeah, so I got pulled into teaching in an after-school program and then eventually into the daytime um, physical education and even into sort of health and sex ed, quote-unquote. Um, uh, and it was wonderful. I would have never left, but I just had this burning passion to learn more. I wasn't ready to be done with learning about the human body. And, you know, I'd have sixth graders come up to me, Coach Ashley, my knee hurts. And I'm like, oh, I want to know why. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, That's so, yeah. cool. The, the curiosity of the human body led you to go to PT school. Definitely. And that, I'm sure, like, met all of your curiosities and then some, yes? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, arguably, what to your comment about you can learn all you want from a book, but really, it, even in the uh, physical therapy world, you're really going to gain the most in your practice and who you surround yourself with and where you're absorbing your knowledge. So. Yeah, well, and the thing too is, you know, you can look at an elbow in a book, but you look at I don't know, 100 different elbow joints and like with actual people and shoulder joints and things are different. They're all different. Every yeah. single time they're a little bit different. So every person that you see, and I love that it's it's a shame that personal training isn't considered a personal training practice or a coaching practice, whereas physical therapy and medicine is often <clears throat> a practice because it's like you're admitting that it's not perfect every time no. and there is there's room for error and I'm consistently practicing to get better absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Treat, treat it like treat it 
treat it like a craft, right? Yeah. Treat it like a craft. It's it's something that, I mean, if this is really what you want to do, and you'll get a lot of people to say that they want to be trainers and coaches, but if it's something you really want to do, you I mean, you live and breathe it, man. Yeah. You 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 train, you do the movements on your own and work on that before you implement it. You read, you find credible resources, you know, you you follow people that, you know, are putting good stuff, good things out yeah. there. And you, I think the biggest thing is not being afraid to explore. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. Ro comes home, I mean, he's got all this knowledge and experience and in the health industry and fitness and then he'll come home and he'll go gosh I have this client blah 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 and he'll ask me these questions I'm like oh I got this client and this reminds me of this you know and so bouncing ideas off each other has been paramount for both of our professions absolutely I like that that's that's a good segue into where I wanted to go next Ashley I'm curious with with the Rose wealth of knowledge in the personal training field your wealth of knowledge in the physical therapy field and both of you guys combined knowledge of the human body like where are there overlaps and similarities between physical therapy and personal training? Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah there's everywhere. no limits to yeah. that. Ev- everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think I have it easy somewhat because I work with able-bodied people. So I think I have it kind of easy. I don't think I could ever be a physical therapist because I, you know, it's, we're talking about people, you know, post-op that it's, it's time-consuming and meticulous. But so he, I think I have it easy. But he says that, but he t- constantly talks about, oh, my, my client has this injured shoulder. My client has this injured knee. That's not true. He's not dealing with able-bodied people, and I'm not dealing with necessarily unable-bodied people. Everybody's going to have an injury, right? That's very true. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I can relate to you, though, Ro. Like, I've thought about physical therapy, and it seems so much slower because you guys are getting micro-improvements oftentimes, yes. where we want macro-improvements. Yes. You know, and like my mind just doesn't work that way. Like I don't like seeing you go inches along. I'm just like, no, we need to jump and sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a certain level of patience that small success? Absolutely, that's true to some some of my population, but certainly not to all. Um, A lot of times, a small gain will turn into a lot more function, and so you get those leaps. but I, I 100% get what you mean. Yeah. It's different to some degree. What is your ideal population to work Ooh, with? I don't have one, and I think that's why I love my job so much. I work for um, a major hospital system, um, Palmer Health, and um, I'm in an outpatient orthopedic clinic through them. So you have to be able to walk into our clinic or wheel yourself in or get a ride into our clinic. So it's not like acute care or long-term rehab. Um, but I see it all. I mean, I get anywhere from neurological patients for like strokes. Um, I have a few patients with quadriplegia on my schedule to anywhere that's like total knee replacements, total shoulders, reverse shoulders, 94 year old who just has balance problems. You know, like I see, I literally see it all. So I'm curious, they, they walk into the doors and you're confident enough in your skills to where, you know, you can handle kind of whatever comes through. So we're physical therapists come out as generalists. Um, and I was lucky, I think I had a really good education. I has also had a really good <coughs> clinical bout. So we had, you have to do virtually residency, clinical internships, um, and I was put in some really good clinics where I had a lot of diversity. <coughs> so it made me feel more comfortable with the diverse patient population that I see because I was experiencing that with a mentor. And that's key. Again, like we, we keep going back to this, Neil. Having some type of structure, kind of like Australia, 
for personal trainers, like to do a rotation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's virtually what Matt, what Matt Pat did for Row. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, he would take in, he would take in interns, of course, but you know, the interns that he would get from the university that was close to the, the studio, they were doing it for, for credits. I mean, I don't know if they really wanted to learn, yeah. but they just had to do it because it was part of schooling. <coughs> well, well, me, you know, I'm one of the oldest coaches there, I'm there to go, okay, you know your stuff. Clearly, you have all this progressive things you're doing. I'm going to pick your brain as much as I can to the point where we worked out outside or when he had to go home, I'm like, hey, man, could you just hang out for like another hour and let's just kind of go over some stuff? I, I just, it was so different than what I was accustomed to that I just I just wanted to learn as much as I could because it it was, it was different and it was getting people better. I mean, you had... 60 year olds, 70 year olds in that studio moving like they're 30. Yeah. You know? It was fantastic. It was great. And the, and the culture that he created with his clients and the culture with the coaches, and granted, it was only probably about four of us, it was, it was such a positive vibe that I was like, if I ever had my own studio, this is the model that I want. This is the model that I want. Because his model was service first. That was it. You're not here for anybody but them. That's that's the model. Yeah, and my clinics run that way too. Yeah, it's usually what the successful ones look like, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh -huh. Service first. Love yeah. that. I like that. I like that. Good. Yeah. Let's let's dive a little deeper on um, your guys's shared knowledge of the human body. I imagine you guys have conversations like this every night at dinner. I'm kind of jealous of that, by the way. <laughs> my wife goes, goes like over my head because it's it's more like when she was in surgery and stuff. And I'm like, I can't hang in this conversation. But you guys get to both deal with movement. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, being both movement professionals. I'm curious on how you guys look at the body. With like the preface being when I came out of my kinesi degree, my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, I saw the muscle of it as a collection of like the, the body as a collection of just muscles. Almost working in isolation, just joint by joint system. Yeah, that was sure. Like not a fluid thing that I know it is now. Right. How do you guys look at the body and human movement? Do you want to take that one? Sure. Go ahead. Um, I think in grad school, they obviously, first and foremost, you have to know your anatomy, right? I've had a lot of cadavers. I had full cadaver in undergrad, full cadaver in um, graduate school. Um, but then also we, we're learning about like fascial trains, you know, Thomas Myers. We're learning about global systems, like Kelly Stark came and spoke and we're talking about wads, you know, like I think it's as a PT and my personal practice, um, I have to start local because people are coming in with, with a specific need. My shoulder hurts and they want me to look at that. But then I have to scale out and go, okay, how do you move? Let's see you walk, let's see you run, let's see you sprint. How do you do that push up? Um, so it <coughs> turns from local to global. Yeah. Um, yeah. So working at that gym, I was looking at just building muscle, right? Because that's, that's all I knew. So when I got into primal, um, it became more about connection, right? So if we, if, we, if we talk joint by joint system, right? Looking at the body, not just not just that particular area that you're working. Mm -hmm. Look at it as, as a whole, all right? So even when it came to our rehab, right, pain-wise, if a person has a pain in their knee, okay, well then let's look at above and below, mm -hmm. right? So look, looking at the body holistically, really, that's, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Um, whereas if you come on as a, as a new trainer, you're only looking to either lose weight or build muscle. 
right? But you really have to look at the body as, as a whole. And when Ash and I met, she turned me into now looking at the body like locally instead of globally. Because if, if I'm trying to build strength, I'm just talking about global movement. You know, let's lift and get strong. But if you actually tackle local movements, that'll translate into the global movement. So sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I like that. It's about all about the like kind of the kind of the lens you see things through. So if you saw it as just an isolation of body parts, it's that's how you're gonna view everything and how you're gonna fix things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting how you went from isolation to global and then even with Ashley a little bit back to isolation because you're like, oh, well, we still need love in specific areas here and there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah That'd be fun to play with. I've always gone more global to local instead mm -hmm. of local to global just because of my experience. Mm -hmm. But that'd be fun to work with someone that sees it so minutely and how that plays into the bigger picture. Well, it depends on what you're assessing too. You know, yeah. if I have somebody that's an able-bodied person, I might start with global, you know, yeah. and then get local. I think that's normal. I think from a I'm not never been a personal trainer, but that would seem like normal from a personal training aspect. Look at how do you move yeah. and then where are your deficits? That's yeah, that's usually the route that we want to go. Right. Yeah, I mean if I end up getting a person who's like, Well, I just want to be a bodybuilder, I'm gonna say, Okay, well then let's go global. Yeah. Just get big. Let's just do that. <laughs> right. You know what's funny about so it's that? it's all it's goal spot goals. Yeah. The bodybuilders and, and trainers just starting in the field, they see things so independently, like you said, Neil. Like it's all isolated to where they feel like they could turn off certain muscles and turn on the other ones, which I don't know how you do it. But then if you ask them, I need you to get as strong as possible, as strong as possible, what movements do you think they pick? Mm. It's always the big ones. Yeah, It's the sure. deadlifts. Absolutely. The bench press, the squats, like those type of things. They pick those big compound movements and they're like, I, if I could only use a few to get as strong as possible, I'd do those ones. I'm like, then why are you doing this squat on a ball with a oh, yeah. elbow right. flexion <laughs> bicep curl. Right. What are we doing? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you want to get strong, compound movements is the way to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you really <laughs> want to. There's so many, like, there's yeah. arguments for each side, there's, right? There's Absolutely. It's so yeah. hard. Obviously, you're not going to load up somebody on a, on a Swiss ball, you know, so there's yeah. Yeah. issues with that. But, um, that's what makes health and just human movement and fitness and getting stronger and more functional so fun is that there's no right answer. That, that, is, that is very true. Yeah. There is right? no right. You could have principles to play off. And that's why it's a practice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it should, I think it, I, it's funny that you say it. It's, I don't wonder why personal training isn't a practice. I don't know. I see it as a practice. Well, it, yeah. I think if you're in it long enough and you care about it, that, about getting better in it, that's how you see it. Right. But it's never referred to as that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, not commonly, at least. Not every personal trainer wants to make it a lifelong career and turn it into their, you know, profession. Yeah. But um, the ones that do are really good, like this one. Well, I mean, I'm not, it's it's hard because not everybody actually uses it as. And this is I actually got this from my mentor, Matt. I'm gonna give you another shout out. Um, Love this guy. Yeah, yeah Matt. Right? He's he told me to treat it as a craft. He's the one that told me to treat it as a craft. So don't treat it as a job, treat it as a craft. Because if you treat it as a craft, um, actors, musicians, athletes, right? They constantly practice their craft, constantly practice it. So treat it as a craft. Because if you treat it as a job, you're gonna go for your hour, you're gonna get paid, and then you're gonna bounce out. That's it. But if you treat it as a craft, then you're constantly going to want to learn and improve. 
improve and explore. So treat it as a craft. Yeah. Wait, fun fact. Did you know that Roe was an actor? No. We, this is, <laughs> this we is well, hold on. This is about... This is about fitness. <laughs> <laughs> hold, the, hold the phone. We're talking, fitness. do we go commercials, big screen? No, no, no. ER. This is about fitness. Come on. You're episode on 23. No, I don't even know what Season. episode Season. I don't know what episode. Were you on it? Were you an extra? What would you do? What were you, the real deal? Were I, you the guy it was that, like, a, shot and it gets was a, in? <laughs> it was That's pretty darn close. <laughs> it, was a, it was a co-star role, and I played a... SWAT um, officer and I had like five lines two of them were cut off so I only ended up with three but it was a great experience because sure you crashed all five yeah okay. <laughs> I'm like what well, let me keep those five lines man but it was a good experience you know I got a chance to to be to get treated like a king for about two days with my own trailer so we might have to add experience. this in the show notes yeah <laughs> with your own trailer you're a big shot yeah, it was, right. it was it was a great experience. Right. Yeah, it was a great experience, <laughs> and I got that gig because a good friend of mine who is a trainer was training the executive producer, so that's I got you know got that gig. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. So it, it all it's all fitness related. That's fun. It's yeah. all fitness. Yeah. And a man we're back. of many talents. You never surprised me, Ro. I, <laughs> I want to go back to that that craft versus job real mm -hmm. quick, and I think that's so cool that like you view it as a craft so every session you're getting a little bit better every day what can I learn yeah. is that what keeps you fired up so many years later because there's some ebbs and flows in this industry some days you're not as fired up as other is that what like you talk to yourself in the morning and say hey how what can I learn today how can I approach this day as a craft is that kind of what goes through your head <clears throat> um that's part of it the other part is seeing the improvements on the people I work with mm. that's really what gets me fired up um that that's definitely part of it because I like learning, mm -hmm. and having a partner that shares my you know my love of movement makes it really easy to do that. But it's it's the progress in people, mm -hmm. right? If if you get somebody that you know just we're talking like bad cholesterol, bad stability, just poor mobility, and morbidly obese, whatever the case may be. And then six months later, they're just a rock star. And it's a teamwork, it's team, right? Because they also have to do their part. That's really what gets me fired up. Because yeah. that's, because I'm doing something really good. I'm doing something good. Love you know? it. So yeah, let's, let's hear, what's your best success story? Uh, this is easy. This is easy, because we worked on this together. Um, I, had a, I had a client that got referred to me. I was training this gentleman and he wanted me to train his partner who was getting some in-home physical therapy but this guy was a uh, had parkinson's and i've never had a parkinson's client and i was like i'm all in i'm like okay i've never had a parkinson's client i i want in i, I want to learn what i need to do with this guy and if my correctives are going to help and at that time we were already we were already dating so i was like listen i i need help and Never be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just reiterate that. Never be afraid to ask for help if you don't know, because you cannot know everything. So don't be afraid to ask for help. So I, I went up to Ashton and said, "Hey, listen, I have a client. He's got Parkinson's. Um, I need help. I don't think my knowledge corrective exercise is gonna do it justice." But if I can marry it with physical therapy, right, 
um, I think the, the improvements would be pretty dramatic. And, um, and it was, man, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, he went from being a once or twice a week faller and a huge like risk, fall risk. He, I think he had fractured some older ribs. Too? 66, um, He was 65? fairly young, but his Parkinson's was pretty progressive. He deteriorated pretty quickly. Yeah, he was yeah. an avid runner, marathoner, um, had a severe scoliosis and let that go. He was getting to the point where he may have needed um, either bracing or spinal surgery. Good and grief. at the time, I was still in grad school, and I happened to be learning about Parkinson's disease in that semester. And um, it just was great. It was a good opportunity for me to get my feet wet and say, hey, let's try out some of the things I'm learning in school. I'll go with you. And we'll, like, we had a 45-minute drive just to get this guy's house. And so we would talk about what we wanted to do for the day. Um, and he went from falling every week to being able to uh, I, go to Hawaii and go on a hike with his yeah. um, husband. And it, he, it changed his life. Yeah, it changed his life. Because I mean, what? yeah. so the biggest issue was his, his partner, his biggest issue was I can never, he loved traveling and he was like, I, I want to travel with my partner. And, you know, I, that was the thing, right? It's, it's done. I, I can't travel with him. He's a fall risk. He falls two or three times a week. You walk like maybe five minutes at a time and feel yeah. really tired and painful. Just, I mean, bad. But gait was terrible. Everything about it was just horrible. And so we we went aggressive with him because his home physical therapy just wasn't aggressive enough. So we went aggressive with the physical therapy and we went aggressive with the, the corrective exercise. And, you know, three months later, the guy is walking a mile in Hawaii and hiking and, and falling once every two months or something like that i mean it was it was fantastic to see the progress incredible yeah i love yeah. that i want to tag in or, or jump into something that you just said because i've received this feedback a lot and ashley this <coughs> is a great opportunity i've never asked a physical therapist this i've had several folks come back say that they didn't get the results that they were looking for in physical therapy because they felt they it moved too slow and i always wondered i'm like do physical therapists get confined by protocols that they have to follow in some practices, like in some businesses that you may work? Is it the physical that physical therapist that the person I experience with? Like, I just I don't I don't know. Okay, Kellen, this could be a whole nother podcast. Okay, I feel like this is a really that's a really big talk to, topic to tackle only because I can't speak towards anyone else's practice, sure, um, or how they fun function or run their clinics. But I feel really lucky to be surrounded by a lot of young professionals who all want to look at the system globally instead of locally. Obviously, we have to treat locally as well. But we do a lot of functional training in, in our clinic. And so um, that's a common complaint is um, I never got better from physical therapy. Um, or I didn't complete physical therapy because it was boring or it hurt. Or, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons. Um, but... In our clinic, we we get results, we see progress, um, we're a successful clinic, but I think that's because we're all surrounded by it and we're constantly bettering ourselves. Like yeah. I was, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, I just got <coughs> certified in applied functional science, um, Gary Gray Institute. I mean, that's a it's a functional based program. You're just it's it's, global movement. It's probably like saying, you know, the client that goes, oh, I don't like personal trainers because I got hurt by one. It's probably like along those lines, because you can see a poor uh, practitioner absolutely yeah. anywhere, right? Yeah, Whether anywhere. it's massage therapist, absolutely. physical therapist, personal trainer, like they, that's out there. And okay. our profession has grown so much over the last 20 years. We went from just a bachelor's program to a doctorate program, a clinical doctorate, in it's what, 
a less than a hundred year existence. So, and in the last ten years, we've definitely transitioned from a master's to a doctorate. Now you can't can't even find a master's physical ther therapy program anymore. So the field is just changing all the more. We're learning more and more about the human body, and a lot of I think a lot of the fitness world is starting to intermingle with the PT world for, for um, the physical therapy world, and vice versa. So. I think there are some more success stories because we're not just looking at a knee anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're just we're definitely more educated in the human body now, um, especially with personal training. And I'm only speaking for personal training because that's that's where I'm in. So it's the education behind, you know, personal training now has completely changed. Right, you really have to know your anatomy, um, at least get an idea of what physiology is all about. And if you look at all the things happening in terms of what's out there content wise a lot of it is based off of hey listen uh, mobility and stability man we're, you know these are the, these are the key components that we're missing before that they're all bringing back and it's mindset i'm sorry it's yeah. mindset i mean you have to just like you have to sell your product and get patient or people clients to buy 60 30 what 60 sessions 30 that would be ideal 36 sessions 24 sessions with you i have to sell people on you have to do your homework and this is why if you don't do your homework then you're not doing your part right you have to sell your program which for me it's getting better in a different way yeah you know? what is the common frequency in which people visit physical therapists um, I think that's, that ranges, but two to three times a week. Two right? to three times. Yeah, yeah, similar to you. Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, we know that to actually affect change, two times a week is tough. Yes. Three right. times a week we see it happen. Mm -hmm. You give right. me four times a week, we're not going to miss, right? Right, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I have a patient right now, I have, I'm have i seeing him every day, and I can tell if he's not doing his homework. He has to see me, and then at some point during the day do his homework, and if he doesn't do his homework and he comes into me, I can tell the difference. And so at some point you have to say, you have to tell people, I know you're not doing your part. I'm working really hard for you, so let's meet in the middle, right? Like you have to buy into what I'm selling you because I want you to get better. I just heard today a quote. It was said, it said, accountability is the glue that holds commitment and results. That's true. That, ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. that. Accountability right. is the glue that holds commitment yep. to results. Yeah. yeah. That's so Ooh. true. So yes, yeah, so I like the way that you're coaching in the PT realm. That's cool. Like you have to s get buy-in from yeah. the folks. Like I could do my job here two or three times a week, but if you don't do your job at home, we're not going to get there. Yeah. And as you know, that just relates to our field incredibly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's. There, I mean, it's it's parallel for sure. Yeah. So. Good. Which, speaking of parallel, you guys are up to something with AR ANR Health Media. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you want to break that down? You want me to break it down? Okay. I'll, I'll give the synopsis and you can add details. Okay. Um, I think in 2017, New Year's, we just were like, we got to get this started. I just graduated grad or was going to graduate from grad school. He um, was just killing it in the studio that he was working at, and we were always bouncing ideas off each other. So we came up with A&R Health Media, and that was a battle because obviously it, he wanted it to be RNA. <laughs> 
Uh, A&R does sound better. A&R, Sorry, yeah, bro. right? Okay, thank you. It does. Look at that I can see it. I can see it. RNA, RNA, RNA. No, no, I can see it. Yeah, I said, okay, yes, it does sound better, absolutely. No, and really the premise was just to like promote human movement, whether it be prehab, rehab, post-hab, any kind of human movement, and how could you implement that into your daily practice? What is this movement for? How does it help, and why would you do it? And then that's kind of evolved. Yeah, well, it, we ended up putting in hiatus because we just got too busy. Um, you know, moving from Claremont, LA County to San Diego, starting a new job, um, which I, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> best thing that, really the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, so now it's kind of evolved to let's, rather than, we'll, we'll still put our stuff out there, but rather than just kind of reinventing it let's let's expose or showcase what our credible um, content right is, yeah. yeah so we know what's credible we know what's good content let's go ahead and touch with our network touch base with our network of physical trainers and uh, physical therapists and just put out some really good content for people yeah could you imagine being I don't know, 20, 22 years old, something like that, you're getting certified, you have an interest in the health and wellness and what you're exposed to on just social media alone. Mm-hmm. I know. Because it's everyone's amazing. pulling up Instagram. It's sure. Amazing. And you're looking on that and you're like, oh shit, is that a good exercise? Do I need to look like Johnny's right. got 13 abs over here? Yeah. Um, no. And then how do you get it with these all these crazy plans? I mean, I saw a gal the other day, She's she's promoting all these fitness plans, and I was trying to see her credentials somewhere. I'm like, who are you licensed through? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. who holds your insurance? Yeah. Uh-huh. I hope you nothing bad happens to you. There's nothing out there. It's just right. the wild west on on the internet. So it it, it is. Yeah. yeah it is. Um, so and that's but and that's why you know we we want to make sure that we're able to put out uh, really good good content. So. Incredible sources. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you guys trying to find then good coaches, good oh, practitioners yeah. out there. Absolutely. And then they can blog for you or something, post it on your website, and then sure. people Absolutely. would know that yeah. that A&R Media yeah. is credible. Yeah, yeah. We, or we know. Yeah. at this point. Yeah, or Because, yeah. I mean, we do, we do, I mean, we know a lot of people that are so good at what they do. Oh, my God, And no. their mindset is the same, where it's like, listen, our job is to just get people better. Yeah. That's what we want to do, get people yeah. better. And, yeah. they're, and they're so good, so knowledgeable. No, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Huh? We, we, I mean, the four of us here don't exactly um, love social media. I think maybe for that reason of it's a, a crazy place out yeah. there where everyone's yeah. trying to make a name for themselves, and it's a smorgasbord of information mm-hmm. that a young coach can get confused from yeah. very easily. Yeah. And so for you guys to go out there and be beyond yourself to go find credible sources for a, a, a young trainer could could look through and yeah. speaks volumes to our same methodology and, and philosophy mm-hmm. of like. If we get better, everyone else gets a little bit better, mm-hmm. and that's what's cool. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and I love what you guys are doing with, with coachability because, I, yeah, I found a mentor because I, I seek them out, right? I, I was proactive and I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go after this guy. I don't care. I'll if he says no the first time, I'll go after him again, yeah. right? But then I love you, that he made you wait a month too. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> and didn't pay me for four months. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a savage. Oh, dude, he is. He is. Um, but probably one of the most genuine guys you'll ever meet in this yeah. industry well he yeah. probably knew he's like you know time's tough 
Like yeah. it's it's my one really valuable resource that I have, and do I want to invest in this guy? He made yeah. you earn it. Oh yeah. Oh, he sure That's did. Great. He sure did. And to this day, we are still good friends. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. But getting back to coachability, had I had this and mentoring under uh, Matt, I mean, I, I just don't know where my knowledge would be, especially when it comes to the business part. Yeah especially when it comes to the business well, that's part. That's the big thing, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's why Neil and I really started creating this because you get certified and you're so excited about the X's and O's, the exercises themselves. Sure. You're like, how much can we lift? How fast can we get people? Like, what is the performance side of training? Like, that always gets us fired up. I mean, I know it did for me. But then you get out there and you're like, oh, how do I, you, I have to get a credit card? Do they pay in cash? Is it a check? What is the process right. for someone paying for yeah. my services? Nobody thinks about that part. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, no, it's, and that's, would have been really helpful when you come on, the, come on as a new trainer, yeah. right? Where business-wise anyway, right? Movement, yeah. stuff like that. You can learn that from, from a, a studio that's good, but how, how can you maximize all these clients you have? I, I mean, how can you re retain all these clients you have? I'll tell you how you can. March 2nd and 3rd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, guys, hey, I'm curious. What are, what are some resources, whether it be books, podcasts, seminars, schooling, yeah. that we've, you guys used outside of the mentorships we spoke about, maybe the school we spoke about? You guys, we've been throwing the books that guests recommend on the website, coachability.fit, in our shop section. So that's where you can find these if you're interested in them. Supple Leopard. Oh yeah, that's that's a cool coffee book or coffee table book mm -hmm. right there. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's a good one, definitely. Um, I've been focused less on the movement part and more on the business part. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been listening. Well, I mean, I read Thomas Plummer's um, "Living the Dream." Read that. That was great. Um, and the podcast I've been listening to is is um, "Hire Built This" an NPR, which is all about really, you know gutting it out on on how to start a business right and what it takes and that to me right now is the most important part is how i can take my concept of a and r health media you know to make it to make it bigger yeah right, so that's that to me is the most important part right now good for you yeah good for you yeah you have this wealth of knowledge now that you want to expand and give to others absolutely yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we, we both enjoy what we do, so we just we want to stay with this for as long as we can. Love that. Yeah. Well, as you know, we like to end with a song of the day. Now, I don't know if this is a joined song, maybe something that you two dance to, um, or we're going to do one of each. I don't know. Is there a song that both you guys have just been feeling these days? Oh, man. Oh, I, I, that is a good question. <laughs> I'm curious as to what you would say. I, I'm, I'm at a loss right now. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say Smokey Robinson, Cruisin'. Smokey oh, Robinson, yeah. Cruisin'. I like Smoke, that. Yeah, Smokey Robinson, Mrs. Cruisin'. Mrs. Heffler will approve. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Smokey Robinson, Cruisin'. Ashley <laughs> Rowe, thanks for your time. That was a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you, guys. Thank this you guys. was super fun. Thanks for having fun. us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Smokey Robinson, take us away. Hey team, if you like today's podcast, find more in all of our content at coachability.fit. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, 
whether it's with questions, concerns, feedback, or suggestions for future podcasts, contact us at coachability.fit at gmail.com, coachability.fit at gmail.com. And as always, stay coachable. Thank mm-hmm. you.